is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. Being able to reflect on our own stories and the everyday details of our lives is critical to growing in our faith. Joining us to talk about how to do that is Eric Clayton, a parishioner of St. Ignatius in Baltimore, who serves as Deputy Director of Communications at the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States. Eric, who previously worked for Baltimore-based Catholic Relief Services, is the author of Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith. Drawing on the spiritual insights of St. Ignatius Loyola, the book encourages readers to develop a healthy sense of self-reflection as a means of drawing closer to Christ. Here's our interview with Eric Clayton. Eric Clayton, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you. So for listeners who might not be familiar with St. Ignatius, could you describe what you mean by cannonball moments? Sure. So... The cannonball moment is something you know we say a lot in the uh, kind of the Jesuitic nation world, um, and and it, it points to a very specific moment in the life of Saint Ignatius. Long before he was a saint, uh, Ignatius was a kind of quasi royal you know, soldier kind of a type of character, um, and and he you know he liked to fight, he liked to you know pursue his romantic interests, and and he found himself kind of leading the charge at the Battle of Pamplona. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he said, we're going to, we're going to keep fighting. We're not going to surrender, um, when he really probably should have. Um, and as a result, he literally got hit by a cannonball, uh, it just shattered one of his legs, terribly injured the other. And of course, you know, killed tons of, tons of his, his fellow soldiers. Um, so as a result of this, you know, cannonball strike, very serious, you know, war injury, um, he finds himself laid out at his home in Loyola, uh, and he's, he, he's recovering. And the only books available to him are, uh, a book on, on the life of Christ and a book on the saints. And he's sitting there and he's, he's, he's praying with these, he's reading these, and he's, he's discovering that he finds himself much more drawn to these stories of, of Christ and serving God's mission in the world um, than he does in uh, his previous life, his kind of, you know, romantic and, and, uh, and, and soldierly pursuits. Um, and as a result, he, he has this kind of slow conversion uh, that uh, because he's struck by this cannibal, he has this terrible injury, uh, you know, God is able to speak to him, uh, you know, even even amidst the tragedy. Right. Um, and that's the beginning, really, of, of his conversion story. And, and after that, he refers to himself as, as a pilgrim. Um, and from there, you know, he he sets out to you know learn the, the things of God and and, uh, and do God's work. And so when we talk about cannibal moments in our lives, you know, we ask ourselves, what are those big moments um, that that sometimes uh, really cause us to to reassess and and, uh, and stop and look around and um, and, and take stock. And sometimes those moments are big and, and traumatic, and sometimes those moments might be quieter and, uh, and, and really uh, demand that we, we look closely and, and pay close attention. What I love about your book is you, you talk about some of your own cannonball moments in, in your own life. And or early on in your book, you talk about an experience you had at a crepe shop in Baltimore that kind of crystallized for you how there can be sometimes a gap between what we would like to be as Christians and who we are in reality. Could you sh- share that story a little bit with our reader, our listeners? 
Yeah, of course. I, um, you know, I think this is a good example of, of a quiet, you know, quote unquote, cannonball moment, because uh, it's a very, I'm sure listeners will, will resonate with a lot of folks. You know, I was, uh, I was with friends and, and we were kind of just walking through Baltimore City. We were on our way down to the harbor. Um, this is, you know, probably 10 years ago now. Um, and I was new to the city and, and new to city living. Um, and we were, uh, we're stopping for lunch at a, at a crepe shop in the city. And, um, and we passed a kind of a, an individual who uh, was unhoused. Um, and, and he, this man came up to us, you know, you know, kindly and, and asked if, if we could spare some change. And, and my immediate response was, was, whoa, like, no, get away. Like avert my eyes and, and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, reach for the door and try to get out of the way. Um, and, and my friends, you know, much better people than, than me, uh, stopped and, and, and looked this, this individual in the eye and, and say, Hey, you know, we don't have any change, but we'd love to buy you a crepe. You know, what can we get for you? They held the door for him. And I was just so struck by the, uh, the differences in our, in our, you know, struck and embarrassed, frankly, by the differences in our reaction. Um, you know, and, and I saw, wow, like my knee jerk reaction, uh, when faced with, with an individual in need, you know, who's, who's coming up and, and asking me for, you know, a little bit of help, um, was, was to, to shy away, was to, uh, you know, avert my gaze. Um, and my friends did the opposite. And, uh, I think, you know, we all, uh, we all hear the Good Samaritan story, right? And we assume that we would stop <laughs> and, and help the individual who's, who's been, uh, kind of, uh, forgotten on the roadside, um, but but I discovered very very uh, in, in very in real time that that was not what I did. Um, that was not my my reaction, and I needed to do some thinking about that. Um, and so that that story again, and it happened so early on in my time in Baltimore, and certainly Baltimore is a city that that has a lot of folks that are are are, are in need um, of various things. And uh, and so it was happening so early to me in my time in Baltimore really changed and, and challenged me as I as I go through the day. I go through you know my own kind of uh, commuter or my own walks on the streets and I don't get it right every time you know I certainly wouldn't say that that moment has made me you know the uh, you know a saint on the streets there but um, but it certainly uh, has stuck with me you know all these years later and um, and does make me say oh I need to I need to meet this person's eyes I need to see what this person needs I need to um, you know be a person uh, you know for and with others. Yeah, it sounds like it really forced you to evaluate what your values really are. Yeah. So in, in my book, I, I spend some time talking about the importance of values and, and kind of uncovering our values and, um, and really understanding, you know, holding up to the light and getting a good look at them. Um, because I think, again, we often say, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I, I care about those in need. I care about feeding the hungry. I care about, you know, peace and justice. Um, but then when push comes to shove, uh, we don't necessarily act on it. Um, and, and, and I think that figuring out what this, you know, what's the gap between who we are and who we'd like to be is, is really key. And, and, that, and without figuring out what that gap is, what the space in between is, we can't be bridge, begin to bridge that gap. We can't, uh, again, become the person that, that, that we desire to be, that God desires that we, we become. Um, and so, you know, for, for me, for, for my values, I, I, you know, the other thing is I, I spent a lot of time in the book talking about um, some of my experience with refugees. I had a, a really powerful experience um, in Jordan just before, you know, the pandemic kind of uh, closed down the world. Um, but, but, but working, you know, being with a community of folks that, uh, uh, the Jesuits were, were working with there. Um, and, and this made me think about, you know, what, what, what is this, what, what about this experience helps me live out my values or, or shines a light on my values? And, and how does that mean I need to, to act differently? And so that, that affects how I vote, that affects how I spend my money, that affects how I um, tell stories and, and share stories, both in, in my professional work and in my personal work. Um, it affects how I, you know, treat and talk to my children. Um, you know, how am I bringing them up to, to care for other people? And so these values, you know, it isn't just, 
it, it becomes most clear, I think, in, in these kind of knee-jerk reactions, you know, maybe in front of a crepe shop or, or maybe sitting with a community of, of, of refugees in Jordan. But, but we do the work of living out and, and exercising those values um, in our everyday lives in surprising places sometimes. You, you talk a lot about this notion of storytelling. Uh, could you share with our listeners what some of the practical ways people can use storytelling in their own spiritual lives and, and maybe a little bit on why it's important to think about our own stories and, and how they connect to the stories of, of the people around us? Sure. Yeah, I, I really have grown to really think of storytelling as a real kind of spiritual practice. And I think that's because the, the very act of, of telling our story, of sharing our story, of recognizing that we have a story to tell I think is a faith act, is a, is a spiritual act. It's, it's recognizing that God has been at work in our lives in, in utterly unique and essential ways. Um, God is working through us. You know, God, God has kind of desired that we work and act in the world. Um, and, and the work of storytelling is figuring out how and why and, and ultimately where we're being invited to go. Um, so I think as we, as we do that work, um, we, again, we, we come up against this fact that our stories are intrinsically important. I think too often uh, we look at our lives and we say, oh, I don't have a story to tell, or oh, like my, my story pales in comparison to someone else's. And that comparative work is unhelpful, completely unhelpful. We need to look at, at ourselves and know that our, our stories are important. They're different than other people's, um, but my story, is, you know, I have a story worth telling because I, I have a life worth living, right? And, and so does everyone else. I think as kind of what your question points to is, if I recognize that about myself, that my story is important and unique and essential, then how, how, that's exactly the same way we got to look at other people too, that other people's stories are, are unique and essential and worth telling. So how can people do this in their spiritual lives? Well, one of the, um, one of the tools, the Ignatian spiritual tools that um, I find helpful and I think is really, uh, I write about in my book is, is the examine. And the examine is a, is a daily prayer that St. Ignatius uh, invited, you know, his Jesuits and, and, you know, by extension, all of us really, to pray each day. And it's a simple prayer. It's a prayer where we, um, we pause, we recognize that, you know, God is, is all around us always um, and, and, and desiring our, our uh, you know, our, our, good, our goodness. Um, and we give, we give thanks for that. We give thanks for, for God at work in our lives. And then we, we go through the day and we say, where has God been at work? Um, where, where have I not paid enough attention to God at work or to God at work in other people? Um, where have I neglected my values, my responsibilities? Where have I fallen short? And where have I succeeded? Where, where have I found joy and, and, and been joy to other people? Um, you know, so we look at the light, we look at the shadows, and we look at it with the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's what the, the work of the examine is. And that is necessarily a, a practice of storytelling. We're telling the story of our day, of our week, of our year, of our life as we go through and recognize God is, God is here. God has been here all along, and God desires um, you know, goodness for us as a, as a result. And, and if that's true for us, it's true for everybody. One of the things you point out when you talk about the examine is it, it gives you a chance to, to look at the details of your life on a daily basis. And, and then you can kind of connect those details to a larger narrative of your life. And sometimes it's kind of taking things that might be kind of disparate and, and joining them together. Could, could you talk about that and, and maybe give us a couple of examples of, of how that worked in your own life? Sure. You know, I, I, um, Early on, the, and early on in the book, I read about an experience I had um, in Vietnam. I was there with Catholic Relief Services um, doing some kind of film and, and, and writing work. And, um, and we were out in the, you know, we're trying to get a story, right, to, to share with, with folks uh, in the U.S. Um, 
and, and you can imagine, you know, we're in Vietnam, we're in kind of the rice paddies, and it's very colorful and bright, and there's a lot going on, and there's also a lot of, you know, real real hardship and suffering, and uh, people working really hard to um, to make a living and to provide for their families, and and, and they're doing this with uh, uh, the most kind of tangible way that they're that we're we're there with them is is this family is is, is picking snails um, out of the the rice paddies. This is it was a source of nutrition, um, it was a source of income, uh, it was a really uh, it was a really cool thing to be a part of, honestly. Um, but it was hard. It was a hard, hard work. And you're you're looking at these very small snails, uh, and you're you're picking them out of the muck. And and uh, we we walk with the families back to their home, and they're uh, you know they're cleaning them, and they're and they're uh, they're packaging them up to be sold. Um, it's it's really a whole very involved process. Um, and and they get the you know whatever money that that the, the people are going to pay for the for the snails, and and they also you know use to feed. Um, it's it kind of is part of the the family's uh, nutritional intake, right? And so as, as I think about these, these little details, like the story of the snail, like there's a lot of really compelling uh, visual and, and descriptive details. You know, we're in the rice paddies, we're picking snails out, and we're, uh, it's sunny, it's hot, you know, you know there's a lot of, uh, you know, hard work going on. Um, but what's the story? What are these details pointing to? Um, you know, I think that, uh, you, know, you know, we say that, um, uh, you know, in the book, I, I use the expression, you know, God is in the details. We often say the devil's in the details, but God is actually, we're, we're encountering God in these very small um um, almost intimate moments of, of our lives. And, but what are they pointing to? What's that big, the big picture? Um, so it, it, at CRS, we, we tell these stories of hope, right? Um, so hope is what, what we're pointing to, but, but it's pointing to, to relationship. Um, you know, these, the, the stories of snails aren't really stories of snails, right? They're stories of hard work, of family love, of, of, of people that are, that, are, that are giving all they have, you know, for their children, for the next generation. So you can see how, uh, you know, the image of a snail is, is a good specific one. It's a good specific detail picked out of the rice paddy. But, but what are we really picking out of that rice paddy? You know, in some ways, you're, you're picking out hope. You're picking out a future. You're picking out, um, you know, the opportunity for, for the daughter to, uh, to go to school. And I think that that's what we can see when we do the examine in our lives, when we, when we look at our own stories, the details of our stories. We see, you know, what these little details are, are able to point to, to kind of lift up our gaze. Um, you know, from, from, you know, our, ourselves or from our, um, the plight of our, you know, immediate existence um, to, to what's beyond, to what we're working towards and, and to what God's inviting us to, frankly. Well, our guest today is Eric Clayton. He's the author of Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. I'm George Matisek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic Schools Rise Above. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. If you see a boat suspended high up in the woods surrounding the Monsignor O'Dwyer Retreat House in northern Baltimore County, it's not due to some freak weather event. The boat is an intentional part of the new Ropes Challenge course at the Youth Retreat Center, hoping to inspire participants to make fishers of men by evangelizing others. Auxiliary Bishop Adam J. Parker blessed the new course April 3rd and took one of the first rides down the 750-foot zip line one of the three zip lines on the property. The other two run 300 feet each. 
The day also included about a dozen students and faculty from Mount DeSales Academy in Catonsville and a few others putting the course through its paces for the first time. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Despite being Catholic, Stephanie Zetterstrom wasn't really familiar with the practice of Eucharistic adoration. Even so, when a young seminarian from Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg approached her in a cafeteria at Towson University March 1st and invited her to pray before the Blessed Sacrament, Zetterstrom was intrigued. The Towson University junior soon found herself sitting in silent prayer, staring intently at a small consecrated host held inside a gold monstrance in Towson's Student Union Building. Eighteen seminarians from Mount St. Mary's were on Towson University's campus February 27th through March 1st at the invitation of the university's Catholic campus ministry based at the Newman Center. With permission from the secular university, they had opportunities for faith sharing not only with Catholic students, but also with students of many different religions and of some with no religion at all. The seminarians, representing a variety of dioceses from around the country, mingled with young adults in the student union building, answered questions about Catholicism, and invited believers and non-believers alike to experience adoration. A Eucharistic procession, beginning at the student union building, crossing York Road, and ending at the Newman Center, was a highlight of the visit. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. Our guest today is Eric Clayton. He's the author of Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith. Eric, uh, Ignatian spirituality very much encourages believers to use their imaginations to put themselves in a specific gospel passage. Could you talk a little bit about how that works and how people could use that in their own lives to kind of deepen their their faith and their relationship with Christ? Sure. I mean, I think Ignatian spirituality uh, hinges on the imagination. And and we think about the imagination, we think, I mean, like, you talk about storytelling, we're talking about creativity in general. Um, you know, the imagination is our entry point there. And, and so, you know, you asked a question earlier about storytelling and spirituality, how those things connect. You know, God is at work in our imagination and, and entering through that, you know, that portal, if you will, is, is a great way to meet God through our stories um, and, and through our faith lives. So, so in Ignatian spirituality and particularly in um, the spiritual exercises, which is that great text that, that Ignatius himself wrote, um, that retreat, uh, you know, for four weeks to, you know, to, to grow in, in deeper love of, of Jesus. In that in that retreat, he, off, he encourages us to uh, to use our imaginations to put ourselves in the story. So what does that mean? That means that if I'm if I'm encountering Jesus in the desert, right, looking at the, the temptations, if you will, um, I, I don't just you know read the words on the page as an academic or or, or sit and think, oh well, you know, let me go through these these three temptations. This means this. This means that. I'm I'm invited to be with Jesus in the desert, to feel the sand, uh, you know, blowing on my, on my, on my skin, to, to feel the heat mm-hmm. of the sun, to, to feel my own thirst, um, and to be there and feel that uh, in companionship with Jesus. And, and what does that do? Why, why do we do that? Because we come into deeper understanding then through our senses, right? God works through our senses. And, and by experiencing the stories of Jesus, you know, with Jesus, through our senses, we're able to, to come into conversation with Jesus in a new way. We're able to, um, to find how we react in these, in these certain situations, in these stories. Um, you know, we, we might be invited to, to play the role of someone in the story um, that we weren't, you know, it surprises us. Maybe we're a disciple. Maybe we're a, 
um, you know, Martha or Mary. Maybe we're um, a completely different person, you know, a different character. Um, and then we see how does that how does that hit us? You know, again, I, I referenced the Good Samaritan earlier in, in our conversation. You know, what if we put ourselves in that story? Who are we in that story? Sometimes uh, we might be the Good Samaritan. Sometimes we might be the person on, on the road in the ditch. Uh, sometimes we might be one of those people that are passing by the, those in need. So, you know, Ignatian spirituality is, is all about, again, take, you know, merging our story with God's story. And, and God invites us in. God invites us to, again, Scripture isn't, isn't a dead text. It's, it's meant to be lived. It's meant to be experienced. And I think Ignatian spirituality really gives us the tools to, to do that. Engaging the imagination in that way is, is not easy, though. It's, it involves real effort, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tempting to, to, to move through our prayer quickly. I, you know, I, I do this all the time, you know, and I say, okay, well, you know, I, I have uh, 10 minutes. Uh, we're good to go. Um, but, but, you know, engaging the imagination means really sitting in and composing the scene, to use kind of Ignatian language, to say, okay, I'm in the desert. You know, what does that mean? What do I feel? What, what, um, what do I taste? What do I smell? Ignatius really invites us to use those senses, and, and, um, and that takes time. That, that, that can be uncomfortable. Uh, you can feel maybe a little silly doing it. But, um, but it, 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 you know, he calls them the spiritual exercises. And, and just like with any exercise, you have to use the muscle uh, to get better at it and, 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 and to go deeper into it. Ultimately, it's all grace. It's all God at work um, in our lives and in our stories. Uh, and, 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 and God's going to be the one that, that you know, kind of guides us into the prayer. Um, but we have to, you know, be, be available and, and to respond generously. When you think of storytelling, uh, you, you even in the name storytelling, you're, you're telling a story, you're, you're speaking. But it's not just about speaking. It's also about listening. And you talk about this a lot in your book. Um, could you talk a little bit about how people can take the time to listen, especially in today's self-centered culture when everything is, is kind of opinion-driven and agenda-driven? Uh, and, and that kind of listening seems to be a lost art. You know, I, I think, yeah, it's almost the same as in prayer, right? We need to sit and be present to people. Uh, you know, I, I, it, it is hard. I think you're right. Like, you know, especially with, with social media, you know, we're, we're incentivized to come up with opinion, an opinion fast uh, that's, you know, black and white, and, uh, and that's it. And we stick to it. It's, you know, very few words, and, and, and then our opinion is made. And that's not, that's not how you enter into dialogue or into conversation. Um, that's how you make a, maybe an unhelpful impression on people. I think that I think to, to listen in, in a meaningful way means to sit uh, and to with you know maybe present to the the fears the concerns um, the hopes the dreams of, of people that might be very different than 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 we are that might you know come out a certain issue in a very different way in a way that makes us uncomfortable in a way that um, you know upsets us but that's all right because again this is a person you know made in the image and likeness of God um, this is a person who God also loves and delights in and 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 we owe it to that person to sit and to be present and to hear. And, and I think that sometimes one of the things I read about in the book here is, you know, if, if, if we allow for that space, you know, for, for, for difficult conversations, but for honest listening um, to happen, we might be surprised by the outcome. We might be surprised to find, oh, we do share values. And, and they may have led us in different ways, but, but we, we need to sit and, and talk and, 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 and hear out, you know, what is it about whatever issue is upsetting this person or, or, or driving this person to this decision. And, and then we need to, you know, to act on that, right? I mean, listening doesn't mean that we surrender our values or that we, um, or that we don't, uh, 
you know, speak speak the truth, of course, but it, but it does mean that we might might speak it more generously, or or we might welcome, you know, make the tent bigger, welcome more people into the conversation, um, instead of just assuming uh, that they hold a, a view different than ours, or um, they, you know, this person is too far gone, we can't possibly dialogue with with uh, this person. So you just, you know, it, it's hard. It's not an easy thing, right? But it's um it's worth it's worth the time, and I think it's what we're called to do. How can people share their stories, especially those cannonball moments that you write about? I, I think I saw that the Jesuits are, are sharing some video reflections from people just telling about their cannonball moments. Could you talk about that? Yeah, so so this year is actually an Ignatian year, and, and it's the 500th anniversary of uh, the cannonball moment so that, that Ignatian, Ignatius was you know struck by, right? Um, and so the uh, uh, the Roman Curia, the Jesuits in Rome, um, have, have invited uh, people all around the world to share um, their own cannonball moments, uh, you know, a time, a time when, again, uh, their, their lives were kind of turned, turned around uh, and, and, and they really had to sit and assess uh, and take, take stock. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, folks can find those, uh, those videos on YouTube um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, are, are they are invited to, to contribute their own. Um, if, they're, if they're looking, they would like to, they're more than, more than welcome to get in touch with me. And we have about a minute left. Uh, could you talk about how you hope people will use your book and, and how people can get a copy of your book? Sure. So um, my book is uh, available through Loyola Press. Uh, you can get it in all the uh, the normal book places, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, your local bookstore. Um, if you just search uh, uh, for Cannonball Moments and Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith Online, you can find it. Uh, you also can find um, uh, me if you look for ericclaytonwrites.com. Uh, you can get the book through that site as well. Um, you know, how do I hope people use the book? I hope the book is an opportunity for people to realize that their story is important and essential um, and, and that it's calling them to come into to dialogue with other people. Each At the end of each chapter, I have a, a, a storytelling exercise, which is an opportunity to engage in, uh, in prayer and scripture um, and some reflection and some writing. Um, and so I hope by the end of the book, people have done that uh, and, and really have come to a new insight into their own stories. Great. Well, our guest today has been Eric Clayton. He's the author of Cannonball Moments, Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith. Eric, thanks again for being here. Thank you, George. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.